Welcome to Conversations with the Authors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Conversations with the Authors. I'm your host, Daniel. I'm Daryl. I'm Sandra. And uh, thank you for pressing the play button. And as always, thank you, Dan, Alexander Nakarada, for uh, the intro music. Uh, it's always appreciated and always enjoyed. Uh, and just like music, uh, diversity is important. Uh, you know, different instruments and things, different um Musicians, they add their own personality and style to music. Uh, just like a recipe, diversity is important because the style of the chefs, the uh, ingredients you use, the seasonings you use can make a dish or break a dish. And in writing, uh, particularly in sci-fi fantasy, as you did with uh, How Nicholas Became Santa Claus, you're highly rated. Eric Hoffer-nominated sci-fi fantasy novel. Diversity is also important. Um, uh, particularly, you use them in your oddling characters, which are the fanciful characters which live in the Orphic Forest. We've talked about diversity before uh, in our podcast, but I think I want to go a little more in-depth into how you sort of tackled this in writing sci-fi fantasy. So my first, I suppose, important question would be why... Would you? Why do you feel that it was important to actively incorporate uh, diversity and inclusion in your fantasy world, and and how uh, how does it contribute? Well, you know, diversity is a fact of of real life, and one of the things we want to do is we want to make uh, the reader feel as if he's in a real world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, diversity means different things to different people. In this case, uh, it's not just, you know, not, not a, a racial diversity or something like that that might come to mind, but a diversity of characters, of uh, different species of characters, you know, and uh, uh, because uh, our, our characters are different from humans. Some are human and some aren't, but all... Uh, uh, the, uh, the the I think the principal characters are, are sentient, mm-hmm. so uh, we want to show different types for and, interest. And it's interesting because we talked in our last podcast um, about the movie uh, Avatar, uh, and I mentioned that because, like you said, we're not talking about necessarily race or religion, um, but in order to make the world feel real, as we talk about in our previous podcasts to make this fantasy novel world resonate with our readers we do have to pull from our own reality because mm-hmm. that's what helps to make it believable um, so um, we have to borrow from things in our real lives so while we're not using you know cultures or religions per se that we do take samples for lack of a better term and to create these characters? A sample is, a, is an excellent mm-hmm. term because what I did was I took photographs. Mm-hmm. And a photograph is a sampling of time and location. For that one split second, everything is identical. But if you look at it like a jigsaw puzzle, or you take that photograph and you break it into a jigsaw puzzle. 
that you have to match the pieces and put them together. Everything has to be balanced and integrated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When dealing with other cultures and religions, how do you sample from them to make it authentic and not... um, well, you know, our, our characters are, are, a lot of them are non-human. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet to have our audience relate to them, we have to, to give them certain human qualities and emotions. Mm-hmm. And we give them struggles mm-hmm. that, that re- readers can uh, uh, empathize with. Mm-hmm. And we need this connection, and it helps ground the story in reality. Right. It makes it easier for readers to suspend their belief. Uh, when so, you, when, when I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, the story is not political, really. Right. And uh, it, uh, I think within the story itself, you know, there's, uh, there's a similar culture right. of, uh, of uh, benevolence and greed. Mm-hmm. You know, but and, there's all kinds of cultures. Yeah. Right. The all the a lot of the onlings are based on the plant world, are based on weather systems. So all of that is is essentially each each interaction of those animals and those insects and their environment, that's all culture. Mm-hmm. So well, well by watching them, by watching us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think with in, in, in crafting a world, we, we want to pay attention to details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's uh, the setting, the culture, or history of, uh, uh, or the history of the fictional world, we add realistic details, making the fantasy more immersive. Oh, you mentioned cultures, so I suppose I would I would then ask, how do you balance? cultural accuracy with the creative freedom when building diverse worlds well you know i i, I think culture a- accuracy is is a relative term because especially when you're when you're when you're when creating you're something when you're making things right up, right, right. Uh, but we but one thing that we want to do is be consistent with it mm-hmm. so that uh so that uh, the audience knows knows the rules right you know it's, it's just like when you when you uh, when you uh, think of Dracula, for instance. You know there are rules. There are rules. You, you can't kill him. You know, except with a stake. Right. He can't come out during the day ordinarily. Right. right. And uh, he can he can transform into whatever creature he needs to transform right. into. So those are those are like basic rules. Right. You know, so. his, his only true enemy is a werewolf. And then yeah. you, you mentioned well, you can uh, kill, you can kill with a silver bullet. So, right, right. And so, right. with any almost any story about those types of characters, right. uh, those rules are going to be uh, uh, something that they, they use as a basis. And uh, you know, my my vampires don't glow like rainbows, but you know that's <laughs> perhaps another story. And we right. talked about you. You said, Daryl, that the there's no political statement here but there are in essence political parties your main uh, part of your trio is part of the monarchy 
Right. Well, so yeah. if you want to call that uh, mm-hmm. political, I, I suppose they have their political agendas. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to collect taxes and they right. want to uh, make sure that right, they right. maintain law and order. Right. But so in that uh, regard, in what ways do you address um, you know power dynamics and and privileges in in fantasy fiction? Well, you don't you don't want bad people on the loose, right. you know, and it and people have to pay for their crimes. Right. And people are rewarded for their benevolence, right. you know. Right. Uh, so these things are all consistent with reality. Right. So uh, these things we can empathize, empathize with, and when we see somebody uh, uh, being bad, we know that uh, that uh, that that crime doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. So eventually, in the end, you know, ordinarily the, the the good guys win and the bad guys get it. They get what they deserve. Ordinarily, in stories, it doesn't always work out that way. You read a lot of history, and, and you find the commonalities in, that are present in in all different kinds of peoples mm-hmm. and, and situations, wars mm-hmm. and not wars, how they address famine and illness, and do they help each other or do they eat each other? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and although you're structuring all of these things... Uh, and you're you're making up these things. You also want to allow for the uh, for the reader's uh, imagination. Right. Sometimes we leave details to the reader's imagination, and it kind of enhances their sense of wonder and engagement with the story. Um. So, um, thinking about diversity, diversity, um. Again, like we said, it's not necessarily racial or religious, but uh, in my opinion, as a disabled person, it includes people with disabilities. Um, uh, so my question uh, then becomes, um, what advice do you have for, for readers who are aiming to create inclusive worlds that deal with characters who have you know, well, disabilities you know, you know, and such? It, it depends on what the, the type of story that you're mm-hmm. writing. You know, uh, diversity means something different right. in a fantasy story. Right. You know, so if you, if you wrote a story like uh, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, like Frankenstein, mm-hmm. right, or right, you wrote right. a story uh, like uh, Poor Little Things, the right. poor, You know, you you you've got characters that have other disabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not quite human. They're not quite right. put together. Right. Uh, this is escapism. You know, I'm, right. and so, but you're going to have the kind of interesting right. uh, diversity that might include someone who's uh, uh, a fairy with wings right. who wants, you know, who wants to be a, a, a human. You might have a human who wants to to acquire uh, the magic of, right. uh, of an elf. You know, you may have all kinds of things like that. So diversity means different things right. in different worlds. It always it, so right. it, it doesn't necessarily mean what you you right, might right. be inclined for right. it to mean in your in your reality. Right. The, it, it. I took it in a in in the approach of differences. Right, but you but, use those as as but the differences can either be beneficial, right. or not. Right. But combined together with right. other. Entities right. who have differences right. that can either you know, benefit or 
Right. Make make no mistake. This this story is not my left foot. Right, right. This know, is, it's, right. It's not that type of story. And 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 and, so. and and not and I'm not talking about you know necessarily people with disabilities in your story or you know people of different communities in your story. What I'm talking about at its most basic level, you know, that which makes us different mm-hmm. and how to uh, you know include everyone in a sense in the story and not. You know, what if one of my characters, one of my oddlings, mm-hmm. is grass? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Well, you know, and, this, this, you and know. It's, it's a grass that it's called spring grass because when you try to step on it, it runs away mm-hmm. or retracts, and, and or yeah. or completely retracts, and then when you leave, it comes back, and. It becomes incorporated in the story, and is used to benefit. Well, others. yeah. Well, so it gives right. one assist. Uh, a sense of wonderment, and you, that you're now in. You're not in Kansas anymore. This is uh, a strange and wonderful environment that has right. uh, uh, creatures, plant right. or animal that are different that you might right. see in real life. And mom and dad, I'm definitely not trying. I'm not trying to be like a, a Larry King. You know, when it comes to asking these questions, it's sort of more along the idea of trying to understand how is it that you were able to write a story that is for everyone. You know, it's so, it's such an immersive story that it lends itself to the reader and that the reader can be any of these characters regardless of what talents or lack thereof they may or may not have. When, you know what? Go on. I'm sorry. When when I wrote the story mm-hmm. before I turned it over to your father, mm-hmm. I was trying to raise you guys mm-hmm. with your different abilities mm-hmm. and my different abilities and trying to combine them all so that I wouldn't offend any of you mm-hmm. or offend, or be offended myself by things that couldn't be done. Right. And I had us all work together to try to help each other as if we were one person. So I tried to take that approach in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think mine was different because... I wanted to not only if I needed to offend, I would offend because right. my bad guy is offensive. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, if I, and I wanted to create a, yeah. a story of wonderment and amazement mm-hmm. too, and uh, so uh, you know, you guys. I mean, this story is it's about it's 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 a common trope. Right. It's good versus evil. Right. You know, and, and, and you get to do things that you normally wouldn't do. I'm generally a follow the rules, don't mm-hmm. do anything right. wrong kind of person. But if the story calls for it, I'll kill you in a this, second. Yeah, well, she's right, very right. good at that, right. and you know, being able to to uh, to let herself uh, be uninhibited and write that. I mean, it's like Agatha Christie right. writing murder novels. Mm-hmm. You know, this little old woman it writes these things that are intriguing and and mysterious. And they set people on edge. So we want to, you know, she sets people's teeth on edge. And if you want to do that, then you got to let yourself go. And we can do that. And right. it's been done. Right. <laughs> yeah, when you write a story, you have to do it from Let's right. Pretend. Well, I think the great thing about how you, um, 
you know, crafted the story is nothing is left, nothing is beating people over the head in terms of this creature, you know, uh, has to be this way, and this guy has to think that way, or he's he's disabled, or this guy, is, you know, unless it's prudent to the story, I think you guys do a great job with Thank you. that idea of if it's, you know, if there's, I mean, going back to the old phrase, if there's a gun on a mantle, then it has to show up uh, later in the story, you know, you don't highlight you know, some uh, particular of a well, character, I, unless I, it's prudent to... I, I, I think uh, it, it goes if uh, in your third act, if there's a gun on a mantle, it, it better show up in the first act somewhere. Right, okay, yes. So that uh, you, you don't say, where did that come from? Right, why is it all of a sudden... Right. Right. Is, think... that, is, that, a, is, is that a device now mm-hmm. is convenient? Well, things are not convenient right. in real life, you know. Um, and I think when it comes to characters with, you know, oddities about them, um, particulars, disabilities, things like that, it's kind of like, I think it's like the Book of Eli, uh, Denzel Washington's character who is wandering through this seemingly post-apocalyptic world uh, with uh, a manuscript of the, uh, you know, Bible. Uh, he's a blind character. And it's not necessarily shoved down your throat. It's not obvious that he's blind either. It's not obvious. No, it isn't. No. Um, that's, that's one of the surprising think, things you find I out. I think that's the great thing we, about No spoilers here. I think that a lot of writers, they want to have that sort of shock factor, especially the new ones, and they'll pummel you with this ideal of a character who's you know unique in some... Well, you know, I, I think if you have to pummel somebody, you, you should probably rewrite your story again. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's uh, you, you don't have to do that. Things are subtle. Right. Sometimes when you you see a story from the beginning, things are happening, and you wonder right. why is this happening? Right. You know, and and you will find out as you go along, as your as your characters evolve and as the story evolves, why this is happening. Right. Some of my oddlings were not intended to be in the story, but the story wrote the oddlings. You know, I was literally about to ask you that question. I was going to ask you if these characters were uh, something that you fabricated beforehand, or did they, you know, invoke themselves uh, into your story? You know, not not only the characters, so some situations, too, mm-hmm. because uh, as one should, mm-hmm. and as we did, we wrote from an outline. Right. You know, we started the story... Uh, first we had a synopsis of the story then we wrote an outline so we knew exactly from beginning to end how the story would uh, right. play through but and it became like a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and sometimes we'd hang ornaments on it ornaments would be certain things that we didn't expect to happen but the story calls for it and natural progression or evolution would be that that would happen so yeah, it's it would, like uh, well, several things like that it's like using a GPS you know, you have a destination planned and set, and you set forth on that destination, and, uh, you know, there might be a traffic jam, or there might be a detour somewhere. Uh, or your GPS decides to send you around in circus and circles and keeps saying, are you rowdy? Well, you, you, have, you have intentions, and you right. have, your intention is to follow your outline, but... You don't need to stick to it right. uh, obsessively. Right. Some t- you can be adaptive. And, and the wonderful thing right. about human beings is that we're adaptive. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
To be adaptive is to be intelligent right. and to, to be able to uh, to uh, come to uh, a conclusion about a situation and be able to survive it. Right, and there have been there have been times in my own writing as a screenwriter where I, you know, I've written a story and you know you sort of you think to yourself, oh, well, you know, the outline says that I need to go this way, uh, but if the story is, you know, sometimes it's it's worth writing just to see where that goes. You I think I, I mentioned this earlier yeah. in uh, in the very po- in, in a podcast, just like the movie Deep Blue mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain scene where he was telling uh, his, his his people that we are not going to fight anymore. And then, then the shark him? comes up inside of the habitat and eats him. Right. That wasn't supposed to happen, they said. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it seemed like an appropriate thing. And it was uh, it seemed like an appropriate place for that to happen. Right. But the people who wrote the script said that was kind of improvised. Right. right. So that... that uh, Ended his uh, uh, his storyline, <laughs> right? Um, so I think I mean, in the end of the day, you know, inclusive, inclusive, in- inclusivity, yes, diversity, and such are great for stories. Um, but you know, it's it's best not to force the point. I think, as you wrote with your story, uh, it has to occur naturally. Uh, and just like the plot line of your story, if you try to force it into a direction, the audience can tell, and it's not going to work, you know. Um, and you can't you know. you can't be afraid to stop, look at it, reread it, and then if it doesn't feel comfortable, just throw just, it away. Right. Just remember, as in life, as in stories situations evolve naturally yes. sometimes yes you know and so the circumstances the right situations right time is right something develops you know what let that happen let and, it happen. And, and, and the time is not right the time is right uh, for our dear listeners and readers to visit our Facebook page at True Books to visit our Instagram our X our TikTok uh, and where you can find the link to the author page at uh, the Ewing's uh, publishing and you can pick up a hardcover or a soft cover of the book uh, you can find us uh, at our Facebooks at uh, Troop Books our Facebook our Instagram Troop Books our X at Troop Books and on our TikTok at Troop Books and uh, I'll talk to you next time uh, on Conversations with the Authors Conversations with the Authors